0: Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. August 27th, 2021, saw the return of Candyman to theaters. This is the first Candyman film in about 22 years, with the last entry in the franchise being 1999's Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. Flash forward to 2021, we now have a reboot and sequel to the original Candyman film, with Jordan Peele on board for writer as well as producer and even being produced under his own Monkey Paw Productions, with an up and coming director who gets their big break here. So I think we should get on with the episode starring Yaha Abdul-Mateen II. This is the 2021 Nia DaCosta directed Candyman. So first off, I am a huge fan of the original Candyman film. It's easily one of my favorite horror films of all time. It established Tony Todd as an actor for me of being one that I'll pretty much watch anything that he's in. Whether it's a good movie or bad movie, Tony Todd just being attached to a project can usually elevate the material. I got to see Tony Todd's interview panel at the 2019 Spooky Empire convention in Tampa. He talked a little bit about Candyman. He couldn't say too much, but he did go and say that he was attached to three films if this Candyman film would go over pretty well. I personally... Had hopes that that meant that Tony Todd would actually be back as Candyman. It would have been a nice redemption, more or less, for Tony Todd's version of Candyman, because Candyman 3 wasn't all that great of a movie. It was a movie that I never cared much for. I recently watched it about a year ago. I can tell you, it's still not a good movie. The first two Candyman films were actually very entertaining. The third one, Candyman, the character, seemed to be just a standard slasher villain at that point. All of the heart seemed to be gone from the Daniel Robitaille character. So that's where I went into the 2021 version of Candyman with the highest of expectations. But I was wise to keep my expectations in check because I figured that they could never measure up to the original film. I was thinking at worst we'd get a film better than number three and kind of on par with the second one in the series. I think that's probably the way I think of it. It is actually a good sequel to the original Candyman film, but it feels to me like a lot of things were lost along the way. We get a story that's very similar to the original Candyman film where one person goes too far and kind of gets swept up into the main mythology and the urban legend there of the Candyman figure himself. I would say that whole idea establishes itself pretty early on in the film, such as when Anthony, played by Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, he starts investigating the mythology of Candyman, We even get a little bit of a backstory to Helen's character from the original Candyman film, with her herself becoming part of the urban legend, which we honestly saw at the end of the first Candyman film. I really did like the fact that Helen was still a part of the legend. Here's where some of the spoilers will come in. So if you want to go into the movie completely blind, then I would suggest stopping right here. I did like the film. I felt that it had a lot of problems to it. Overall, I enjoyed it, but I have more of a mixed enjoyment over the whole thing. So that's my quick rundown. But if you do go check it out, please come back and see what I had to say. I could be completely off base or I could be right on target. But anyway, it was pretty easy to figure out that Anthony was the baby from the original Candyman film. The story of what actually happened to him as a baby was kept from him by his mother, Anne Marie, who is played by Vanessa Williams, which, honestly, it was nice to see her return here. It was good to see a familiar face of sorts. It also had even more of a strong link between the original Candyman film, which means as much as this is a reboot, it's an honest to God direct sequel to the original film. So that's great. They have all those ties and links. I'd imagine that's why this could still exist with the other sequels in the Candyman franchise because after all, it is a story and that story is basically what gives Candyman his power because people still believe in him. That was a major theme of the original film. We also got that whole backstory on Daniel Robotai himself. Of course, it was carried out further in Candyman 2, where we actually saw the brutal act put upon Daniel Robotai. I would say that this movie has no interest, really, in the Daniel Robotai character, because he's basically not even in it. As a matter of fact, in Nia DaCosta's 2021, Candyman... There's very little of the Candyman actually seen. I understand why they would have maybe not shown the Candyman much. You want to try to make it as scary and as creepy as possible. That whole alien idea of things are scarier when you don't see it. But a lot of the things in this movie along the way, the horror element is dropped. I think that's one of the things that made the original film work so much for me, is because amongst all the horror, there was beauty as well. Notably with some of the scenes between Candyman and Helen. They're really great. His dialogue is very powerful. We don't really get a whole lot of those powerful moments, and that's all the more distressing for me while I was watching it because this movie is trying to make a statement about what happens to black lives in America. Notably, what happens when they try to gentrify a certain area that would be low income, or as they put it in the movie, the, the ghetto, basically. If you stick it out long enough, then you get a Whole Foods. I actually really like that line that was delivered in the movie. It was thought-provoking for me. There are many thought-provoking moments in the movie, but it lays things out too much. And it seemed to have too much of a focus on the struggles of what black people in America go through. We could go and say that this is a woke product or it's a pro-Black Lives Matter, which sure it is. But I think in doing that, as far as trying to carry that point across so much in this movie, I think it went and hampered the overall experience. I feel that knowing the original story of Daniel Robotai, I think it's actually a natural progression for the film and the overall candyman mythology. I don't know if I really enjoyed the fact that there's multiple candy men floating throughout that it just depends on what story that the person would remember and choose to, to tell. That's a big reason of why we didn't get the Daniel Robitaille story. I think that probably Nia DaCosta and Jordan Peele probably thought that we didn't need to retell Daniel's story, we needed to tell another story of injustice. The story that Coleman Domingo's character of William Burke wants to tell would be the story of Sherman Fields, and that's the Candyman that is the focus. It's a shame that we don't really get to see him very much. Instead, we get to see how Anthony is slowly consumed by these stories that are told. It seems a little too convenient that Anthony escaped death when he was a baby. He was supposed to be the innocent blood shed. It would have, of course, been put squarely on Helen and it would have reinforced the memory of the Candyman character because in the original film, Daniel Robitaille thought that Helen was trying to destroy his legend. So you have to shed innocent blood to keep that legend going. Anthony was spared, but yet many years later as an adult, he would not be spared because we have William Burke trying to go and keep the legend going of Candyman mostly because he's upset at what's becoming of Cabrini Green which was a big setting in the original film. I don't know if I really enjoy that because it ruins the fact that Anthony was saved. Instead now he's become a Candyman legend in his own right. It doesn't sit well with me. I don't like that they chose to do that. I do like the fact that we got characters brought back from the original Candyman film, even if Anthony was just a baby in the first film. It's just the whole idea doesn't really gel the way it should. One of the problems is probably the short running time. This is a very lean hour and a half. It's pretty much almost 90 minutes right on the dot. I don't think that helped the movie because there's a lot of dangling plot threads. They kept trying to introduce new story where we never got proper resolution to the story or it felt really rushed. The movie itself does feel rushed. I think there may have been quite a few edits done. I'm hoping that someday we do get a Nia DaCosta director's cut with some of that footage reincorporated. I can't put my finger on it, but... It just has that feel that it was cut to fit the runtime, maybe to appease executives. I don't know. I really hope that the script wasn't that slim on ideas and that they actually had things that they were going to incorporate and then just didn't. That would be bad script writing and I think Jordan Peele as well as Nia DaCosta would probably know better at that point. One thing I do have to say is that the actual direction of the film, the movie looks very nice. It was very well shot. Nia DaCosta does have some pretty cool things going on visually. I especially like the scene when the art critic is killed, the way the camera pans back from the condo that she is in, and we see her being killed, but we don't actually see it see it. I thought it was a well-done and well-staged scene. I even liked the whole idea that anthony is seeing the bees but uh, they're underneath glass it was it was definitely inventive so by the end of the actual film we do get the original Candyman, daniel robitaille with a very well done de-aged tony todd the problem with that is is that we only get that for i don't know what maybe 10 seconds if that so it was disappointing yes it's a passing the torch meaning that Anthony would be the new Candyman moving forward. I don't know how or why the Tony Todd three-pitcher deal would come into play. Considering moving forward with any sequels, they would probably not need Daniel Robitaille unless it goes into a interesting direction where we would have two or three different Candymen running around. Maybe we can throw a Helen in there too and have four. I don't know because as William Burke said, Candyman is not just one person, it is the legend itself. It's the whole hive. So that's where they even changed the idea of bees. And bees were inherent to Candyman because of how he was killed and tortured. But yet, they decided to change that as well. I guess it's fitting because it works with whoever is telling the story. And as the stories moved on, things change. We all know that when a story is passed down and told and told and told there's obviously going to be things different. So maybe that's the idea that they were going for here. I'm not quite sure. Either way I did enjoy it. As I said it's a mixed positive type of feeling on this movie. It's a film that I am anxious to watch again to see if I have a different opinion on it. I do know that watching movies multiple times can change your opinion. I just have an overwhelming feeling that there was a lot of missed potential here, but maybe there was something I missed in my initial viewing. I don't know. I know that this movie is not as heavy-handed as some of the other things that Jordan Peele had, such as his Twilight Zone episode replay. That one was a very heavy-handed episode, and this one approaches that, but it doesn't quite go that far. I think if you haven't seen this movie and you listened to all of it and I spoiled it for you, which I hope I didn't, I say go out there and draw your own conclusions to see if you would enjoy it or not. It is pretty light on horror, so it may appeal to even people that don't care for horror films in general. Because as it sits with me, it seems like they didn't really want to tell that much of a Candyman story with the horror but instead make a tale very much relevant to what's going on in society today. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at adam__analyses. Also, I have a webpage, so if you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at Adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do social media and want to reach out to me, you can do so at adamanalysespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? And if you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new content. Plus, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and Candyman. 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 candy man.